If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. That's when they, they might start out small and put little signs to make you question, hmm, was that, was that something? But then you, it forces you to go out and do the mantra again, and then you start to see a little more signs, and then you do it again, and that's when it starts to really manifest. And that's when the danger is if it gets in your house, that's a bad thing. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome back to the American Show. Coming at you from our, what do you call it, just that, our hotel room? It's a, yeah, it's a well, it's on a boat. On a boat. On is a it, boat in Aswan? You call it something different if it's on a boat? Yeah, cabin. Oh, it's our cabin. Yeah, it's our cabin. With a nice view of the next boat next to us. <laughs> but uh, we did have a nice view when we were floating up the Nile. Of course, we're both sick. What? Well, yeah. Little, I wouldn't say sick. I mean, just sort of. I was legit sick. Yeah. Well, a lot of people seem to have allergies or something going on with their noses and, and throats a bit. The air quality is a bit suspect. Definitely. That could and be it's part not of it. just the pollution and the shit that they're burning. It's also dusty as fuck. Yeah, that's what I think my system's not used to, all the dust. Yeah. Like, even on the sites, it's dry, sandy, deserty. Yeah. I don't see how it can make me have the sweats and stuff, though. So you know what I mean? <laughs> that might be something else. That's going to be something else. Very COVID-y. Not, every, not everybody's getting that, though. No, it seems like I think about maybe 15 10 to 15 no, people have got that. Not the sweats, no. no I don't only know about a the couple, sweats. Only a handful, yeah. It's... But I think a lot of people have got whatever I've got. Oh, you think? Well, and a lot know. of people have got the other thing, too. The tummy pummy? The mummy the mummy tummy? tummy is running around for sure. It seems to be more ubiquitous than the COVID. Well, I was hoping, I'm hope, I'm hoping swimming in the Nile helps me, will help me. I did go for swims. I'd rather get hep C the old did you go in the Nile? I did, yeah. It I was, didn't. It was nice. It was honestly, it was a refreshing place. It looks like the water was flowing from the dam at Aswan down. Like it was, it wasn't like a because we went through some stagnant, sort of swampy areas. But I feel like that was fairly clean spot. We would definitely seen some very suspect versions of the Nile River <laughs> that were extremely filthy. Yeah, where they're just throwing their garbage there's a lot of garbage around their sewage and fishing in it and all that there's a lot of garbage around it's crazy it's crazy so i was over swimming in the nile but i mean good for you a lot of people did about half the group the aswan weed is the best so far i have to say aswan's the nicest city so far it's pretty sure. cool it's, it's pretty it's cool beautiful yeah. but the air quality is still suspect yeah i was just up on the deck for a while and i started to get Real stuffed up. Like, just coming down in here seems to be better quality air. Wow. Yeah. So we are we are going back to Cairo for the last leg of this trip tomorrow, tomorrow night. So we're getting this out to you late, and then we're going to do a full wrap-up for a regular show uh, next week, a couple next days week. after we get back. Like yeah, it'll be Tuesday. midweek next week. It'll come Tuesday. out. Tuesday. Yeah. We'll record it Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll get it out to you. 
We oh well, it'll be late. Whatever. We've been in Egypt. It's been a good time, and it's been tough because the internet's it's it's sketchy and. We kind of have access, but we don't have a lot of time. And when we try to do things, it doesn't work online. So we've we've been stifled a little bit trying to get episodes out. And busy. And yeah, but when we have the time, the internet hasn't been there for us. So, but once we're back in Cairo, it should help that. Yeah, back fly back to Cairo tomorrow for five more days. So we have five days left, and then we head home. Yeah, because I had tried two SIM cards. They didn't work on either of my phones, and then the internet is there for some of it. But then all of a sudden, you can't even you can't even uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Personal hotspot off your phone for some reason. Like it's really weird. Even though I have a connection, then I can't seem to get the computer working. So it's a bit tough like that. But yeah, I gave my SIM cards away. Yeah, I didn't even bother. I tried it once and it didn't work, and then I just went with the Rome-like home. And it's been pretty reliable. I must say, I was pretty surprised. All the way out to Abu's, Abu, Abu Simbal today, and everything it seemed to work. It cut out twice, I think, two or three times. But not bad. I've had service almost the entire trip. But but again, we'll get into like the details of the trip next week, but... Man, we recommend to anybody that wants to go to Egypt with Uncharted X is the way to do it. I mean, I really wouldn't want to do any other group. I don't even know how I did it back in the 90s. Backpack. I wouldn't want to backpack around Egypt right now. This is the way to do it. I mean, everything's kind of taken care of. You go to all the sites. You get a, a great version of, you know, of the Egyptology and also kind of the more ancient megalithic history, too. And feel safe doing it. And not, you know, not have to worry about anything or think about anything. They sort of take care of you from point A to point B. They count everyone, make sure, you know, they have three different guys counting everyone, make sure no one gets left behind. It's been a great, a great adventure so far. Of course, if you don't want to wait till our next trip to Egypt, which will probably be at least two or three years before we run one of these again. I mean, Ben's doing them all the time. I think you get on an annual one with him. It'll be a few years before we do it again. Yeah, I think Ben's going to do one every year, he said, yeah. Yeah, and we'll probably chip in every two or three years. We'll come along and see what we can do, or maybe we'll try going someplace else. But we do have that Mount Shasta event coming up in like three months with our buddy Greg Carlwood, Owen Hunt, Brandon Powell, Joe Roop, heading to Mount Shasta, California to camp out there for, or you don't have to camp, but camp is an option. we got four days there. February 9th to 13th. If you guys want to jump in on that, head over to contact at thecabin.com. Click on Magic on the Mountain and make a deposit, and we're going to have a fantastic time. Yeah, it'll be great. We should have Powell on the show. Oh, I guess we've already had Brad. We will have, uh, I guess it'd be Joe would be up there. I mean, we could do. We could have them all on for a little oh, we should do that. Little teaser show, yeah. And we have Greg coming on Outlawed right away. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Back. Yeah, five days left. We still have the, some of the craziest stuff, too. I know. It's going to be good. Lots of good conversations, too. I mean, again, the group is so amazing. You just talk to everybody about anything and just awesome conversations. There's so many unique people have great experience, and some of them have been into this stuff for decades, you know, and they finally get to come to Egypt and check it out. I think I'm most stoked for the Serapium. Going in the King's Chamber is going to be cool, too, though. I need to get baked in there. And tomorrow we got the quarry. I mean, we'll talk about all this again. We'll get Ooh, into the quarry. The quarry of that too. big obelisk that, that Russ has shown on his unfinished presentation. He's doing that right above us right now as we speak. Yeah, to the to the ship. So 
so yeah, this is a, this is a good show with Peter um, from the Enigma Seeker. We get into like UFOs, UAPs, and we've had a lot of these discussions here on the trip too. But he's a Catholic, and he has a different bit of a take on it. And we talk about it being more of a um, we talk about different theories of the phenomena, but also how you know he he sort of summoned this, and he's sort of doing like experience experiments with summoning these orbs and he's done it a couple times but he also had a sighting in the military which we talk about um but angels and demons and jinn of course come up and kind of seems to be more of like a sentient thing than than a craft so he figures that's why the uap is a good term for it now because it's phenomena as opposed to object you know that's what i get you grammarica.ca slash support guys if you can when you can we could use your support now more than ever. Sign up for a monthly, make a one-time donation. Check out that other podcast. Like I said, we're having Greg Carwood on Grammarica Outlaw next week. GrammaricaOutlaw.ca. Maybe check out the audiobooks too. Might as well. Huh? Hamlet's Bill is popular right now. AdultBrain.ca. Grab a copy before it sells out. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll leave it like that. Like I said, we are still in Egypt. We have a presentation upstairs. We're kind of supposed to be entertaining, so we got to go say hi and, you know, enjoy our trip in Egypt. It's been pretty great. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty tired. Even, <laughs> <laughs> even after sleeping like all day yesterday, and I feel like I'm just finally on the nights or nighttime. It takes, yeah, it takes a while. Well, plus, you know, we're kind of up early, and you're not sleeping like. We're sleeping in the same room together. It's just not, you're not getting the same quality sleep, but also it's exhausting traveling all day. Like we're on the bus, we're on the boats, we're on the, at the sites. Like it, it is kind of, it is kind of tiring. Yeah, yeah. I have to sleep next to Graham mouth noises. <laughs> <laughs> He's blaming you, Mary. Just saying. <laughs> I think that's about it. You got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I keep it short and sweet. Yeah, keep it short and sweet. Sorry we're late with this, but, uh, or are we late with this? Yeah, I a little bit. Well, no, yeah. it's a day earlier there, so. Oh, yeah. It's, it's still so only Sunday it morning. It weird the whole time Good and morning. everything. Sunday morning. Did Nancy Pelosi get fired? I, Is Trump back on Twitter? What? You're just jumping right into politics? What the? There's all kinds well, of stuff. Well, I said Sunday morning. Sunday morning. That's a Nancy Pelosi meme, remember? <laughs> Good morning. So it made me think. I thought I seen something that said she got fired. I, I don't know. I think yeah. I think she left or something. I don't know. I've been really, I've been trying not to follow it. But the Elon thing is hard not to follow because he's. It's there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, they say Trump's coming back happy to Twitter. People and a lot of angry people about Twitter. It's pretty funny. There's more pro-Trump Egyptians than you think. All right, guys. <laughs> Enjoy the chat with Peter the Enigma Seeker.
Enigma Seeker, welcome back to Gray America. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh yeah, this will be fun. There's lots going on in the in the world of UAPs and UFOs, so I thought oh, yeah. it's it's time to sort of do a show about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how you been? Good. Um, so I recently had, well, not me, but my sister claims that she had a UFO experience, which is interesting that it went to her. And yeah, I told my case story once on your uh, channel that yeah, I was yeah. able to summon a UFO. In this case, not all UFOs, you know, you don't have to summon it for them to come. It depends on the creature itself. Um, and I, I, I'm leaning more to the supernatural, paranormal, or interdimensional kind of hypothesis because I've I've studied a lot about this. I used to believe in the ET hypothesis, but the evidence really isn't pointing to something that civilized. <laughs> I don't think we're dealing with a civilization. Something a lot creepier. Yeah, I'm flip flopping back and forth a little bit more myself. Even really, I mean, it's 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 super fascinating what's happening because it's it's really increasing the phenomena. I think the phenomena is responding actually. I think they're very strategic. Yes, I really enjoyed your videos. You did a couple really good videos on uh, on kind of like the government sort of disclosure spot. I mean, and you and you had clipped that old Mm -hmm. 1989 clip from. Uh, it was a, rec- a recreation <laughs> of that interview with the alien. But I mean, dude, I was just on the Union of the Unwanted oh, yeah. and Dave Zed yeah. was saying the same thing. What was he I saying? Sent, I sent a clip of your show to Dave and he, he okay. says the same thing. He's like technology, spiritual, like it's the same thing. Basically, this technology yeah, that the UFOs are using expression. is the same as the the mystics and the adepts and that they're using. Like it's it's the same. It's like one, basically. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would use the word technology because it's like when you really get into the spiritual aspect and you understand what is the supernatural, and you always study ancient texts and what the Egyptians are saying. They're very adamant that these are what they're dealing with are gods and magic. It's not like something material, but they can be very material, though, they, in the sense that they have supernatural creatures or angels and demons or jinns in Islamic tradition or in Japanese tradition, you'll call them yokais or kamis. Um, Jacques Vallée kind of explains that we're just putting like a new mask on it, sort of, and that it's not necess- it, the mask is being put on not just by us. But by the UAPs, I think. They're intentionally appearing in a certain manner to make us perceive that they're extraterrestrial. And those may be the more malevolent ones. The other ones, I'm not sure, because it's very obvious that some cases are doesn't appear in a technological kind of manner. But when they do appear in the saucer form, it's like they're trying to ingrain something in certain people's minds. And that's the Billy Myers case, where he really wanted to believe these are extraterrestrials. But in his video evidence, if... According to the researchers that, that um, analyze them, they claim that in the video evidence, there are cases where they're teleporting. Now, you could say, oh, that's high technology, but you, there's really no way to prove that. But the video, objectively looking at it, it is literally just teleporting from point A to point B. And I personally have witnessed this phenomenon, not from a UFO, but from the poltergeist phenomenon. You know, getting kind of in the Halloween, since we're you know, after Halloween, but the, in the sense that I literally saw a wooden little ball in my studio classroom at Iowa State University with my friend teleport from point A to point B. And it was literally playing with us, this this gin or the, we call these little demonic spirits. Um, when they when was to that? Kind of, like recently? Or? 
No, that was a couple years ago, back in oh, college. Yeah, okay. You might have told about us about maybe that, three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was an interesting kind of experience. That really opened my eyes to saying, okay, is there a connection between the poltergeist phenomenon and UAPs? Are there case files where people have experienced a UAP, and then all of a sudden, a month later, they're having poltergeist activity in their house? So is there a correlation between that more spiritual connection? Now, when it, I do believe that you know there are other civilizations probably on other planets, but I do think the Fermi paradox really conf- really puts limitations. I think there is definitely this major limitation. Like I'm willing to believe that Venus may have had a civilization, but 700 or a billion years ago. So they're separated by time, not necessarily by space. So and then maybe we die off, and then in the future Mars pops up for life, but that's maybe 300 million million years in the future when the sun expands. So sure, I think that's that's obviously true that there's a chance that other worlds are probably popping up civilizations, but they're not matching up to our timeline in space. And that's the paradox we're facing, I think. So with the phenomenon we're facing right now, I think as Michio Kaku kind of explained it, that the first sort of, he said civilization, I wouldn't call it that, the civilization you would experience would be the most powerful. And those would be the more interdimensional, supernatural in nature. So maybe there's a hype theory out there or hypothesis that civilizations start on planets and they evolve and the majority of them die out. They don't survive into type one or type two, but maybe a few reach type four, a tiny, tiny number out of 10 billion years. And that, but after, you know, maybe a hundred million years of evolution, they're no longer considered a civilization no longer considered biological or, or mechanical or any technological thing they're almost ethereal or supernatural and light, that's the light, first light beings almost you know yeah basically angels and demons now as a catholic this is not the current doctrine I, I am catholic the current doctrine is that angels are made spontaneously over you know billions of years ago all at once they have to make a very big decision and since you know they either go to yin or, they, or go to yang now that may change. I mean, the Catholic Church is willing to open up and say, okay, if the evidence is shown, and we do encounter a civilization, that angels evolved from humans on many planets, or not humans, or whatever civilization on those planets, and after a few billion years, a few survived and evolved into becoming angelic. But the majority have not over billions of years. So we could be facing a type four, maybe even type five of a civilization that's been around for over seven billion years. That's what Michio Kaku might kind of theorize, but it's all speculation. But I think the current phenomenon is definitely behaving far more paranormal. It seems the evidence is pointing to that. So, so not in accordance with valet, but you're saying it's beyond our consciousness. Our consciousness plays a part, but not as big as a part as they think. The people that are sort of following more of the interdimensional consciousness like aspect of it. But oh. they're, but they're, 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 uh, it's the UAPs themselves that are actually um, controlling how they see, how they, uh, how we perceive them, how we perceive kind of, them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yes, the, there is a conscious connection in the sense that, you know, and you can summon them, summon them. You can so, summon yeah. them. So it's not a tech, I'm not using a technology. And I don't think the creatures themselves are necessary technology. So there's some kind of electromagnetic interdimensional psychic connection and this is the idea of prayer so basically when you're summoning you're praying you're worshiping and they like that especially the demonic ones so you have to be careful what you're worshiping they will come and play a little light show so basically have you ever seen bugs life 
Yeah, okay, that, so, okay. Kind of so basically, you know, the bug, he goes towards the light and the guy says, don't go to the light. And he says, I can't help it. It's so beautiful. So that's basically the UAPs are the light and we are the bugs and we're attracted. We get too close, zap. So you want to stay away from the light kind of like, you know, because these things can be very malevolent, and there's a lot of cases of abductions and um, other paranormal connections with almost even apparitional Bigfoots and werewolves and weird stories that get very deep and crazy with the missing 411 and and uh, Skinwalker Ranch. There's a lot of evidence to show that this is a very paranormal phenomenon. That this is why these are basically the gods. So how is the government going to try to say, oh, yeah, we're researching gods? They don't not going to come out blatantly say that. So they're trying to like, okay, how do we disclose this? If we know the evidence is pointing to a paranormal thing, and El- Luis Elizondo even stated he went to the Vatican and talked with a Vatican official to find archives of case files from Rome in ancient Egypt. <laughs> and these, these documents that are written in Roman or whatever, maybe even the Tui Papyrus of Egypt, they're describing something that's very similar to us. They're seeing orbs of light and they're behaving weirdly off and on. They're trying to attract us in certain ways. And then they, you know, play a light show with us or play hide and seek and hocus pocus with us at the same time or Marco Polo kind of thing. <laughs> and then they disappear. So you have to really judge it's by, judge it by its behavior and its fruit. And I think the fruit's a little, yeah. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's growing. I mean, I'm seeing more and more people sending me like orb, orb sighting this, this whole thing, like the Navy pilots are seeing these orbs skittering in and out of existence. Um, what did your sister see? Okay. So basically um, she lives in the Cincinnati area and she has a little house there and she's claims that uh, she was watching TV. The TV's kind of facing the kitchen a little bit. Um, in toward near the dining room, and she sees a white light move from the small kitchen window into the dining room window outside. It looked like it was hovering outside, moving in within maybe two or three seconds. And she thought that was odd, like it was like shining kind of. And she had blinds over the dining room um, light uh, window, and she said she noticed that it was shining through the window, and that freaked her out. And this was one a.m. But it was white. It wasn't red like mine. So, again, the colors seem to might be signifying something. So maybe the white, I can't be sure if that's a demonic spirit or an angelic one. You can't always judge it by the colors, but you do have to judge it by, you know, is it real? Is it really haunting you? Is it causing things to teleport in your house or moving objects and making noises to keep you up late at night and you can't sleep and you're having paranormal uh, or um, psychological problems? So that's when you know it's probably demonic in nature. But so far, this all it did was a little light show outside her window. Um, and this, this, she also experienced the phenomenon right after I summoned it a couple of years ago, back in 2011. Um, but that was about a week after I summoned it. Um, and I did, and she went to me to tell me that I saw something moving through the woods. Like I'm facing the woods right now over my balcony on the third floor. And it was like an orb moving through the woods. And then now she comes to me and says, <laughs> there's a chance that this happened again but it was near her window. So for some reason, these entities like to target certain people, especially people with curiosity. So I think I would hypothesize that the UAP that went to my sister understood that I have a YouTube channel. It understands that I research this stuff. There is a correlation, I believe, between the relationship with me and my sister, and it knows that I am the one that has the most curiosity. So it's going to, it's going to my family members or my coworkers 
as a way of getting to me sort of it's so it's it can be very deceptive like that now i'm not sure yet i would have to wait over time to really verify that but i know for the case in 2011 i summoned it week later it goes to my sister like why are you going to her i'm the one i'm trying to summon you <laughs> so it's behaving very weirdly like that well and you wonder if why the the ancients said the magicians are supposed to keep quiet right you're not supposed to tell people about what you do right yeah, I basically didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Tell, I was paranoid as hell when that when this thing actually manifested. I'm like, this is wow, this shit's real. Like, I thought this was all you know consciousness stuff. Like, oh, it's just in my head. No, this shit was 100 real. It was outside the window, big red ball of light over the treetops, less than 300 feet away, right above the treetops. And prior to that, it was producing loud booms, like these mystery booms. And I was trying wow. to track where the heck it was going. Um, and then it was before that it was producing flashes of white light to confirm to me. So I saw, I shine in the sky over the rooftop at my parents' place. Um, I flicker a couple of times, nothing happens. Flicker a couple of times. Then I start to see a white dot that kind of looks like a spaceship going by. I flicker again, then it appears again, this white dot way up kind of like a satellite. And then I flicker again. Um, that's when I see a faint flash of white light, very low, right over the house, basically faint light. So I'm like, is that stack lightning buildup or something like that? Like I checked the <laughs> radar. Um, then I signal again. The light responded again, but this time was a little more intense. And then the third time, it was obviously a flash. So this thing was definitely communicating. So that's what I call I'm an eyewitness of the second kind. I'm like, after the third flash, I'm like, oh, shit. So I went in, inside the house, <laughs> got, put my phone away, tried to charge it in case it, it actually starts to really manifest. And I decided to kind of calm myself down a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, this is real. Uh, I can't believe I did this. And then I go out to the other porch where it's kind of wooded, there's trees around. Um, it's kind of semi-rural, semi-urban. And then I'm waiting for it, but I, I was charging my phone and then the thing decided to appear when my phone was charging. Because I was spending out about two hours out there waiting. And this event happened over a period of two hours um, until, the, until the actual flashes manifested. And then the red orb manifested. And then that's where I was like, what the hell? Um, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like looking at it. And it was low. This isn't some dot in the sky like most people see. This was low. <laughs> and it, oh, oh, I forgot to mention. Prior to me seeing the red orb, the, uh, the size of a small car, a big beach ball, I guess, um, a gust of wind came. Just, just a gust of wind came for about maybe like from out. 10 seconds i'm like wow oh, that's odd and then like people say the air became very still no owls no chirp no bats no nothing was chirping or anything like that it was still and i'm like so like the oz effect they call it i i guess but i've heard cases was it silent too like si did they it was like silent it was yeah and then um then the orb appears to my left and i was looking to the right so it was like behind me a little bit and that's when i'm like oh my god like somehow it caused the wind to gust and these flashes of light and then the air to became very still no rustling of the leaves at all before that it was just a gentle kind of breeze off and on it was obvious that there was a low pressure natural low pressure going on, but this was just like i'm like that's not normal <laughs> so that's what really freaked me out um then after that i was getting a little more paranoid and um to the point of my eyes watering so i go in lay down in bed didn't want to tell my parents didn't want to freak them out because um, they were downstairs just watching TV, and I give, didn't give a shit. <laughs> um, so I didn't want to freak them out. So I'm like, okay, I'm lying in bed. And then uh, I tried it. I couldn't sleep very well. So like, I, I was breathing heavily. Um, and then I could hear the distant boom again. 
it produced another couple, like two or three more booms from the distance. And I knew it was still out there and that freaked me out even more because I'm like, it's lurking out there. <laughs> it was lurking. And then about at um, uh, 1 a.m., I was trying, I almost fell asleep. Um, and then I saw a faint flash of white, white light flash next to my bedroom window. And I'm like, oh my God, I was, this was kind of terrifying. Like this thing was close. It felt close. And then about a month later, I only had a few cases where there was some knocking happening, just like a in the walls of my bedroom. And I'm like, okay, now I'm waking up. Now I'm questioning, is there a connection between the poltergeist phenomenon and what I saw? Did you ever like, check to see if you were missing time that night or anything like that? No, no, I didn't do, miss any time. Uh, no abductions or anything like that. I did have one case of sleep paralysis years ago when I first started seeing UFOs in 2008. But I, I, that was so hard to verify. I mean, it was, it was a crazy experience, sleep paralysis. Like you're paralyzed and you think there's someone in the room. But at the time, I wasn't summoning anything. So I don't know. That could have just been a natural sleep paralysis, not a supernaturally triggered one. Um, but, that, but that was the year I did start to see these orbs. And the first case was in 2008. And that's when this uh, uh, orb from distance far away at the horizon. And this kind of looked like Venus, like the size of Venus or Jupiter. But this, when I looked in the binoculars, I could tell it was flickering multiple colors, rainbow-like colors pulsating in and out. But it was staying in one place. It wasn't moving retrograde with the planets. So I'm like, I don't think that's a planet. And I'm in high school at this time, but I'm like, okay, I'll do a little study, find out you know, what direction do planets move. And I'm like, nope, it's moving the opposite direction of the planets, but it's mostly very still. And then some nights it wasn't there. And then another, uh, maybe about a month later, it would appear again, sit there for about two hours from the distance, not moving with the planets. And that's well, what's not, really sparked my curiosity. A, obviously not a plane coming in to land either yeah. or something like that. And it was in the direction of where planes come in. But I could see the pattern of planes over and over and over. I'm like, yeah. okay, I know how planes move. Yeah. This was moving, like, not really moving, just sitting there for about two hours. I'm like, I don't think a plane needs to wait that long to get on the runway. I mean, <laughs> so... so and it, I was looking at binoculars too, and it was pulsating very weirdly. So do you think that the government is having a problem now because they can't, they're trying to make us think, well, they don't really know what it is, but it might be ET or it might be this and that, but they can't really come. The the last thing they want to come out and say is that it's spiritual or demonic or religious or, or they're going to, yeah, they know. I think Luis Alessandro already knows what it is. And he was shocked probably too. He claims that in one of his interviews on uh, wasn't like a normal uh, mainstream news of some other station. Um, but he said that he talked to a general. He can't give out his name. He's a four-star general. And he told him that basically we already know what this is and you need to stop pursuing this because we think it's demonic or malevolent. And he thought it was, oh, you mean, first he thought, oh, is there our own space spacecraft and stuff? He's like, no, this thing is malevolent in, in, in some of its nature. So, but that's why I think Louise is starting to shift in how he's expressing the phenomenon. He goes to the UK in an interview, and then he talks to a host there, a crowd there in an um, auditorium. And he's basically saying, we have to look at this as like a life form, but not life in the biological sense. So he's giving us a hint, like this is life. Like sentience in, sentience in, a, in an object in a way, almost like Gollumish in a way or something. Yeah, like it, it's not, yeah, he's trying to say that there's like a different kingdom of life out there that's yeah. more, he didn't want to say the word electromagnetic, but I think he's yeah, pointing yeah. that direction. Like this, these are pure energy almost in some sense. 
but they're not all powerful. I mean, I think they do have limitations. That's why they're not going all crazy on us. Um, but are they I like think, angels yeah. and demons? I think, yeah, I think there's a real chance that these are what these are angels and demons that not just Catholic, but Islamic and Buddhist, even in ancient Egyptians, they call them gods in different anthropomorphized symbolic manners. But they were definitely believed in this stuff to the point of human sacrifice. Like the Native Americans, I mean, the Mayans specifically and the Aztecs, they did some very vile things. And people think, oh, that's just because they believe in superstition. No, they sacrifice you know, hundreds of babies and throw their bodies down a pyramid to summon these things so they could produce more rain or to increase the crop yield because they, they had, they, they must, they really believed in magic. Like they were tampering with the occult in the ancient times. And this is where in the 18th century, they really kind of started to get back into this little, or yeah, 18th century, 19th century. And that's where Nazi Germany was starting to, to look into this stuff. And they were always like, well, you know, if the ancients could do this, why can't we do this? Now we and just that's jab start- kids and give needles instead of doing like <laughs> a culty. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely warn people, be very careful. Don't trust this phenomenon that is here to save us from global warming or whatever. It doesn't give a shit. Because what I think, look at the perspective of a type four civilization who's interdimensional. They're probably going to come to this planet you know, prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. And some are probably good and trying to keep the laws of physics in order. And, you know, and once this planet dies off in a thousand years, when it comes to our civilization, that is um, because of global warming or whatever, nuclear war, then they'll just move on to the next planet. They'll just go to what is it? Zeta reticular, whatever it's called. (laughs) And then they'll go to that civilization and do the same thing. And that planet dies. They'll go to the next, you know, million years in the future and go to that planet. And they just keep hopping, hopping endlessly, sucking up, human souls in some sense i guess so do you think the phenomenon is increasing right now because of soft disclosure i mean i'm I've, i'm curious yes. as how the phenomenon not- is gonna uh, gonna respond to like accelerating disclosure there's definitely more awareness and um because of the you know the government is putting their stamp sort of on it and they're they're accepting that yes there is a very real phenomenon out there and that's why we change our acronym from ufo to uap because the reason is to change the stigma. Because what if it's not extraterrestrial? Everybody thinks UFO equals extraterrestrials, spacecraft. So they're saying, well, we know there's that stigma out there because of Hollywood and you know the space age and everything since the 20th century. We need to start shifting that because the evidence is pointing to something a lot freakier. So they change it to the word phenomenon. They took the word object out. Because if it's not intrinsically solid, then they can't truly call it an object. Because they're show- they, we, we see evidence, even in civilian footage, where these things can split. They can fuse. There's a lot of morph. footage right now about uh, with that happening. Yeah, so I think the phenomenon is increasing, but only because there are you know billions of people now on the planet. So well, they're increasing more. Well, don't forget that, the, I mean, it's always been like the... the uh, the narrative from the ETs, though, if, if they were ETs, has always been you're not ready, not enough of you believe yeah. yet. That's an that 80s kind thing. Of stuff. Like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's a very I mean, 80s thing. Yeah. I used to believe in that. You know, my favorite, um, probably the first like show that got me into it was Independence Day a little bit, and then some anime like uh, Nadia Secrets of Blue Water. Um, and all that. Yeah, a lot of people in the 80s really perpetuate that, but that's because the context was the space age. So if these UAPs know we're going through a phase called the space age, they might intentionally want us to believe they're extraterrestrial. So they will, so in some high level interdimensional creatures may actually have the ability to conjure up a whole body 
So what they might do with Roswell is, okay, you you humans really want to worship, um, worship uh, we want you to worship us, but we need to figure out how to get you to worship us. So let's say we're extraterrestrial. So let's throw a bone at America, the superpower, at right around 19, uh, in the 40s, and you know that will produce a mystery called the Roswell crash. So they caused that intentionally, I think. Like it wasn't something that crashed. It was more like they threw a bone at us for the government to poke at, knowing that the long-term cultural effect will have a profound effect on how we perceive things. In that sense, it brings a worship to them. So when you worship them, it gives them more power, especially the, the I think the, the more demonic ones. The angelic ones are more like trying to keep everything in order and preventing chaos, as the Egyptians kind of described. Um, they want everything in order so you can work your way up into the higher realms. Um, but the more paranormal or the more demonic ones, they just want to cause chaos in any manner. So if they think that we're going through a phase called a space age, well, okay, you want to worship aliens? We'll appear as aliens. Well, back in the back in the 17th century, people were like, oh, werewolves and stuff. Okay, we'll appear as a werewolf to this culture. And maybe to this culture we'll appear as a Bigfoot. Maybe this culture will appear as something else. Um, so they... Demonic entities can do that, but in limited time and space. It's not like they can manifest a Bigfoot inside your house, unless you're, you know, doing some crazy occult sacrifice stuff, then maybe. <laughs> but I think, yeah, there is definitely a connection with seems like the paranormal. And I really hate to go that route. I mean, it sounds like just some Christians say, oh, it's, it's angels, it's demons, you know. But, you know, if the evidence is pointing to something that way, then you can't ignore that hypothesis. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not sure. I, like, I'm, I'm fully there, but I'm, I have, yeah. uh, I have. It's open, disturbing. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. I mean, I, I just know there's an increase in these, in these little white, uh, white orbs. I don't even know if orbs is a good way to do it, but almost like the tic tac, mm-hmm. almost like an orb, and and they, and they're flashing in and out of existence. And my friend Mike from Vancouver caught some on video, and when I stopped it and freezed it. In the one location, it's just in one freeze frame, it's in two spots at once or three spots at once. So it must be moving either so fast because it looked like there was only one thing moving around, not a bunch of them. But it's hmm. moving so fast that the camera's capturing capturing it in in, uh, in three spots in one frame. I've noticed that, too. Um, there's been a couple cases where people like take random pictures and they all of a sudden they get a clear UFO, like the one over Marquette, Michigan that I have on my channel. Um, that's an interesting case. A guy never knew it. He eventually posted a MUFON and said, I think there's something in this photo. I analyzed the photo and looked at it. And sure enough, it had the purple hue transition outline, which is in, in photography. You kind of see that with this refraction happening to know if it's an external effect. So this definitely had signs that it was an external yeah. image, not something yeah. that he he cropped or cut out and put into the photo yeah. in yeah. Photoshop. So yeah. I, I noticed that these the phenomenon itself is giving us big clues to their nature in some sense. They can almost hide in plain sight on our photos because we have so much doubt. And that's the way of them testing us psychologically between ourselves. They can really mess with us in that through our perceptions and our beliefs. So a- they can get into the camera but they're not necessarily the creature itself seems to have electromagnetic abilities so it's it seems like they're moving very fast they are at the same time they might be controlling the camera at the same time they're moving very fast so they could lock on they might be just coming in and out of our existence too or our dimension 
Uh, Yes, but they're choosing to be in the picture. They know there's a person there with a camera and they're intentionally trying to be in that picture, knowing that when that person posts it to the internet, they're using the internet, basically. They know that the people have this technology called the internet and they can basically play around with us using the internet. Uh, so, so it gets very deep in that manner that to, in order for them to kind of really mess with us psychologically and test us between ourselves. What about the black cube that's uh, spinning around in these orbs? Have you seen those a bunch of those I, sightings recently? Hey, I know the guy that went on Joe Rogan. Yeah, he mentioned that. Oh, and I, well, yeah, that that right. makes I sense. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, again, yeah, it, I think, again, these creatures seem to have the ability to manipulate specifically some kind of metallic substance. I would, yeah, I right, would right. be yeah, yeah. I would be on board to say if it's not interdimensional, then it could be some sort of nanotech. But it depends what we mean by nanotech. Like self assembling, like, self assembling, like graphene oxide type thing or something. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say because most nanotech nowadays is nothing but a bunch of chemicals that can do a little bit of function. That's about it. <laughs> but this is way beyond that. So it seems like they have this molten substance, like a black form goo, to them. almost like the black. Yeah, and goo, they can no? ch- and they can change from a liquid to a solid and take on these shapes, abstract shapes. So they can have this plasma and then have some kind of molten. A uh, solid metallic substance in the center, and morphing it into the shape of a cube. Well, see, it kind of reminds me of my my sighting because it was like a more um, a polygonal shape uh, rotating. <laughs> the halves were rotating against themselves, and the whole thing was spinning on its axis. It was very much like it could have been mistaken for. You know, instead of an icosahedron or a dodecahedron split in half, mm-hmm. it could have been like this molten shape thing. It almost could be a cube spinning, you know, if you look at yeah. it that way. And that's where I think that they have some kind of a, a very high level of electromagnetic energy that they could just manipulate matter in some form. Um, and that's where we describe as angels and demons are pure spirit. And when we think of spirit, we think, oh, they're just ethereal. But no, they can be very physical. Some are very powerful. And they can almost do some weird, very weird Doctor Strange stuff to the point of manifesting a real thing that we perceive as an extraterrestrial. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is kind of hinted in the Bible a little bit. There are cases of this, not just in the Bible, but many ancient texts. They describe that these gods seem to have the ability to take on human form. They're shapeshifters. Um, but these are the lower gods, though. So this is where... In the ancient times, people had trouble distinguishing the difference between a lower god and a higher god. It was very hard um, because they didn't have technology to analyze this stuff. And now we do. We can start to see the behaviors and judge it by its fruit and its characteristics. So, Mike, Mike, I said, Mike, do you got any questions? Because um, I'm having an Enigma Seeker on. I sent him your videos, which are fantastic, by the way. And Thanks. he, uh, his big question was, what are the black cube UFOs? And then he says... So there's a bit of a synchronicity here as well. So I'm asked today. I'm asking him this, this question, right? And he answers me something. And I'll, so he says, "Well, the New Jerusalem in Revelations is a cube." And I am reading this book called uh, "The Lost Language of Symbolism" today. I hate always like I'm always bringing up these little synchronicities, but <laughs> I don't read about the New Jerusalem very often at all. Like I don't even remember I don't the either, last really. time. In this book, I read it twice today, and it talked about New Jerusalem being a cube, like equal on all sides and height. Yeah. I think the phenomenon all it was doing to that pilot was showing its abilities in nature. 
So it's saying, so hey, there's look, no religious I can aspect turn back to the cube symbolism or no, I don't think so, because there's so many other shapes these UAPs take. It seems so random. It's just like, oh, well, we want to let's mess around. Now, there's a chance that they could appear to certain people and make you perceive that. So let's say you're you're a, I don't know, a, a Jewish person that really believes in this stuff. I don't know um, what type of people would believe in that. So maybe the UAPs perpetuate that belief yeah, yeah, to reinforce yeah. your belief. The black cubes, um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think so because there's a lot of most UAPs do have a kind of a consistent form. They do have this kind of cylindrical, kind of round shape to it that can, seems like it's almost like a molten metal. It's kind yeah, of like it's almost the, like their default form in a way or something, you know? It's yeah, it's like their default form. Yeah, it's it, it does seem persistent that they do take on this certain nature and you can actually really analyze this phenomenon when you look at the ufo over the jerusalem um, video back in 2011 that revealed a lot and i think the cia was pretty freaked out by that because they that, could that seemed legit eh? that one i i studied that a lot and yeah there are four different people who caught four different um angles of it and a few another six or so people saw it but they didn't have cameras at the time um, and different cameras had different kind of exposure settings, so they weren't they didn't quite look the same because they're different cameras and different yeah. distances and all that. And it was at night, but this thing definitely came right over the dome of the rock, and it was you could tell it was warping. It was white. It was warping almost like with pure light shivering around whatever molten substance this is made out of. And then it was moved so fast that it's just cylindrically kind of morphed itself into a straight line, almost some substance. And shot straight up, but most people, when they see the video, like Fox News didn't show this, there were a couple red orbs rotating in the sky after, or blinking off and on after this shot up in the sky. And right. most people miss that footage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I now the question is, why did the UAP do that? Is it trying to reinforce it? Like say, yes, we are actually angels or demons and jinns, as the ancients have believed and religions are saying. Or is it deceiving us in some way? So you, it's hard to judge it by its fruit in that specific case. It's, it doesn't seem too malevolent in that case. Because there's no case that I found where people claim um, that you know they started having hauntings everywhere in the city. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, there was a yeah. case in Italy where people start seeing UFOs. And then all of a sudden they had freaky fires uh, manifesting in this town. And they had to get it blessed. They get. The, they even got the attention of the Vatican. And this was like in the '60s, I think, or '70s. Um, but it was causing these strange, spontaneous fires all over this town. And that doesn't seem like that would be a good spirit in that case. <laughs> yeah. So you you don't think that this uh, increase in orb sightings and the government accepting it is like black projects or other other just human governments uh, in the in the on Earth right now? Well, I, I don't think so. I was in the Air Force. I mean, not that high ranking, less than the lieutenant <laughs> got out. I've, I love studying military stuff. I watch a lot of videos about that. My dad's definitely had some interesting projects he's worked with of a company called uh, Rockwell Collins. And he's, I asked him about it and he doesn't think so. He said, you know, the laws of physics are the laws of physics. Okay. It's still going to make, if it's scramjet engines or, or stealth bomber or stealth fighters, they're going to make noise. They're going to move with limitations, okay? They might be able to do these weird maneuvers, but at limited speeds. Um, and, yeah, he doesn't think it's some uber super sap kind of thing. He thinks the phenomenon is behaving in a way that 
it doesn't seem to be pointing to like some kind of civilization. I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem very civilized in the way it's behaving. It seems like it's yeah. Greer, well, it, Greer. I mean, everybody's sort of ramping up. Greer has uh, been sending out you know emails and uh, marketing about like the lost century of free energy. So he's going down the whole free energy road, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm very I'm, skeptical of that. Mufon is. Um, Let's get nuclear fusion. No, I, I'm I'm not so skeptical. I think that energy's free energy's been suppressed all along here, anyways, and and there could be people just harnessing this. Um, yeah, I mean, even, I even Dave Zed said. I mean, I I don't know if I should say much in here, but uh, I think we'll find out more in the future. But Dave is saying like he he cracked anti gravity in his basement and. Uh, <laughs> caused a little mini EMP and the Canadian DOD wants them to sign an NDA. And I mean, there might be small he's been, like, example he's, of that. Yeah. He's, but I mean, he's look at the hat, look at the, um, the tokamak that they're trying to build in Switzerland or France, I think it is. Um, and they're trying to get this nuclear fusion machine spending tens of billions of dollars. The Chinese, the Americans, everybody's pouring billions and they still can't get the thing to really run. I mean, it's it's just for nuclear fusion, let alone antimatter or whatever. So I well, I think the reality is, is you know, we like so to say I governments mean, are all powerful and they have great technologies. They they have weaknesses. Okay, they simply they're well, limited yeah. by the technological advancement that people's brains. Yeah, have. maybe I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said government. Maybe I should have meant private sector. I meant what I meant is human yeah. human human. Uh, engineered black projects whether it's government or not you know i'm talking I think it's it probably more in the private now. industry now but yeah. well, who's I, flying I, the big tri- I mean who's flying the big black triangles around i mean those may be the same uaps because if these uaps have the ability to morph together into a yeah, larger there's, object there's, no there's too much evidence of black like really black triangles like i don't know yeah see that's where it's, it's it gets hard because if the phenomenon really does have these morphing abilities, they can really play on with us. They really have all these abilities to mess with us, and they could turn into a triangle. And maybe that's the le- then that's the living, like whatever that Lou Elizondo said, or whatever that living, you know, it's living, right? They don't want to use yeah, the object. It, it's alive. It's, these yeah. things are intelligent. They have agency, and they're behaving very smart. Like they, for example, the some of the pilots went the, on six sixty minutes report. About UAPs, they explained that they were tracking this for a while because the phenomenon came to them. Right. They were being targeted by this phenomenon. Now the question is why? Well, what's the context? The UAP knows they're in the military. They know they have certain video cameras that might be able to capture them. And they know the, that our government will have the temptation to release the footage. So it's the phenomenon That's that is perpetuating the disclosure, not our government. And why now they, then? Well, because I think we've reached, we're reaching a pretty close to type one civilization. We're definitely reaching our peak, I believe, um, on this planet. And it's, they're definitely starting to come out more because there are more video cameras. There's billions of more people now. And they just, they're feeding off of all of us, our curiosities. So they're, they're going to play with certain people. They'll go to the government. They're not, they'll go to random individuals like me and they'll start building up because they, Maybe they know that our time is about to end in about 2,000 years or less <laughs> if we have nuclear warfare and climate change and all that. <laughs> so did they don't see, care. Did you see the press release from MUFON recently supporting NASA's uh, yeah, investigation I, into this? I, they're just publicly making that known yeah. now, but I think NASA has been studying it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, specifically, all, people. They're just bragging the about how many cases they've been. 
how many cases they've been, you know, tracking over the years and we'll work with you on this. And, you know, yeah, I, there's a, it's probably a small number of people in NASA who are probably some have some kind of intel, intelligence officers working for them. Um, but more than likely, they're just saying that NASA has certain cameras they could probably use and radar things, and they're going to release that information and just publicly tell people that NASA is now going to collaborate a lot more with the deeper part of state, deep state, um, to give them. Because I feel people think that the CIA can get all their intel, but CIA is just getting intel from the internet. Okay, they're getting intel from like NASA. Maybe NASA is reluctant to give out footage because. They think they're all kind of all on the same board, but in reality, they are kind of competing with each other when it comes to you know money and, and knowledge and all that. So they're making it public that we're going to make this a big government effort to really research this phenomenon, but not really research, more like slowly disclose the true nature of it. But we're going to give out data for universities to study it. So I think the government is saying, hey, everybody, UAPs are real. Um Take it a little more seriously because something is happening. Like you said, there is a chance that phenomenon is increasing, but that may be because our population is so much more massive in the last hundred years. And no, we have video cameras. It feels like it's increasing like lately, like literally the last year, maybe less, maybe more. Well, for, yeah, in four years, I would say the phenomenon is definitely aware that the government has now publicly made this uh, topic. But if you think about it, still the vast majority of people in the U.S., aren't even aware this has really happened. I've talked to people who say, oh, what? Everyone's talking about UFOs. I didn't even know about that. Like they, they just, there's oblivious. So that's why the government's releasing it, because they know there's a lot of oblivious people. It's going to take probably maybe 20, 30 years for people to really wrap their minds around this. And the, it's not like, oh, you know, unless, you know, Biden, God forbid, or <laughs> comes out with a statement saying UAPs are real. Even if the president said that, and world leaders are talking about that. There's still a chunk of the world population who are still oblivious to it. Can I can so, I make a complete speculation on this whole thing? Yeah. What if what if they what if the phenomenon knows that Project Blue Beam is kind of an option if the government's uh, global control fails, and they're and they're sort of getting a step ahead of it, or they're or they're coming in to kind of like not allow that to happen. Maybe like, what if they're, you know what I mean? Like, cause if I, I think the government is, has been working on ways to deceive humanity on, on the earth in, uh, as like an, an ET sort of alien invasion. Right. I've uh, heard that too. Yeah. A lot of, and, like, and what if Christians the phenomenon knows too. like that there's coming close, like this is the time when, you know, if this global control doesn't happen the way, they planned, which it seems like that's what's going on right now. They're, they're losing control. They're losing their grip on the narrative. They're losing control. No matter how hard they try and lie, they're losing control. So one way to gain control back would be to create a mass sighting across the world and claim that you're under some sort of surveillance or attack by ET and we need to come together as the world and blah, blah, blah. What if the phenomena is jumping in and getting, uh, getting in ahead of that? I'm not sure because they started disclosing this over four years ago, and it seems like a very slow kind of process. It doesn't seem like they're taking that route. Like, well, no, I'm talking more for- like post COVID sort of post, like post authoritarian push COVID. Like the you know that seems to mm-hmm. me like it corresponds with this real big increase in in the phenomena. Uh, I don't know. It could just be more of a coincidence because I, I don't know if the numbers have really increased. According to Mufon. 
they're increasing now a little bit more, but that's because the government is publicly now talking about it. So now people know there's more people who, are, who do yeah. really believe in the government. So now they start saying, oh, yeah, I remember I had a UFO case. That, so yeah, I should oh, the, report yeah, that to MUFON. That could be it, actually. Even the main, because of the mainstream's accepting it, they're talking about it more. They're putting it in their papers yeah. more. They're talking about all oh, this sighting. But these they wouldn't have done LA. that. They, yeah, they wouldn't have. That Unless could the even, government maybe, did it. Yeah, maybe that's all it is. It's just, uh, it's just yeah, visual. It, the reality visual. is people really still believe the government has a real authority. And that's basically what the government is, the military is trying to also do on this phenomenon. They want to say that anything related to UAPs, it's the U.S. that's going to decide on the true nature of this phenomenon. We don't want other countries like China manipulating the data and the evidence of how this phenomenon is manifesting. Like I example, for example, it actually would make more sense for some a country like China to take this phenomenon and say, "Hey, look at these these are these things you're seeing in the sky. These are American American drones spying on the Chinese people. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we need to do something about that." They yeah, they could yeah, take yeah, they could yeah. fall for that, um, or they might say. That these really are Russia. extraterrestrials in the sense like the, the government in China might want to say, um, since they're very, very atheistic and very materialistic, they don't like believe in, you know, they don't like too much spiritualism in China. They're even putting down Buddhists and Muslims and Christians down there. Um, so they might want people to worship extraterrestrials. So the government would be the Chinese government would be more willing to say, yeah, these are extraterrestrials. The American government doesn't seem to be doing that. They seem to be saying, well, it's a phenomenon, and we're going to release some footage to the public and the media, and you guys kind of figure it out through the private sector yeah. kind of thing. So, <laughs> so do, we'll do you, wait and see. But Do you do anything <laughs> to protect yourself from a religious Catholic perspective, Like, especially because you, you notice that you have sort of some innate power to summon these things or at least connect with them, contact yeah. them. Do you, do you have a, any protection rituals or anything uh, you do? I mean, if I really had a haunting, then yeah, I would tell, well, first I would try to say some prayers and stuff, certain prayers that we have. If there really was things like, you know, like my wallet teleporting when I'm late for work, that's, that's a big problem. I've heard cases where some exorcists um, really research the poltergeist cases where if these UFOs have a connection with that, that they've caused people's bank accounts to drain. Like these cases where people have paranormal activities in the house and all of a sudden um, they notice that things are starting to happen in their computer. Like they're actually messing with the computer and, and affecting your bank account and they shut off, the, they block them from getting on their bank or uh, they would drain the account and it would be empty. And then all of a sudden they'll put the money back. So like if these that's how dangerous this phenomenon is because they're pure electromagnetic in nature. They can get into anything if they really are intrinsically spiritual. Um so yeah, there's that, that's a very high level. Um and I think you it's sure, you sure those people good, weren't just like participating in the freedom convoy in Canada? <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that Canada was trying to do that. Yeah, but the reality is, you know, government, they can control your bank account, too. Um, <laughs> but demons so sorry, can, too, we, maybe. What were you going to say? That you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, where was I going with this? Uh, I mean, honestly, the phenomenon itself hasn't really hurt. It hasn't really hurt me. Like, the only time is when I truly actually spend some time trying to summon it. It takes hours. It actually takes some practice. And this is idea of, it is a ritual. Um, but you don't have to go play the Charlie, Charlie pencil game and make it, Hey, Charlie, Charlie, are you there? Move the damn pencil. Okay. Its name is not Charlie. They don't have names. Uh, so you could, it could be as simple as getting a flashlight, signaling out, waiting, being patient, 
But the number one thing, if you really want to learn how to summon these things, is you have to talk to it. That's the scary part. So normally it's like in my head, I'll just listen to some music and shine my light out. It doesn't really work. But if you start physically asking and talking, yeah, yeah. yeah, and really repeating the mantra, that's when they start noticing. Because when you talk, it's triggering something electromagnetic in your brain. And they somehow can latch on to that. Kind of like in the movie or show Stranger Things, where Vecta somehow uses kind of like, um, uh, what's it, the X-Men, what's his name? That kind of X Men technique where they can Magneto, find it. Magneto. Yeah, Magneto could find everybody, or um, or Charles Xavier puts on his helmet. He could find everybody in Cerebro. That's kind of how these creatures behave. They're like a giant Cerebro, and they can somehow latch on to certain people when the person is sending a signal. And the way you signal is through your brain and your mouth, and that's how they can manifest. But it takes time. It's not like I could do it, you know, within an hour and it happens. No, it might take. It, they, I could do it now for about two hours. But they might not respond for about a month. That's when they, they might start out small and put little signs to make you question, hmm, was that, was that something? But then you, it forces you to go out and do the mantra again. And then you start to see a little more signs. And then you do it again. And that's when it starts to really manifest. And that's when the danger is if it gets in your house, that's a bad thing. <laughs> So do you do you have you been out to any groups like CE five groups at all or have you no about, like, going I was part of move on a little bit uh, but I kind of fell out because I just didn't really fall for the extraterrestrial hypothesis anymore because because of the behavior and, and characteristics of the phenomenon and and I, there are move on people who are starting to think that maybe there is more of a paranormal element in in this whole UFO phenomenon um, but at the same time that doesn't mean that there could be alien spaceships actual aliens not paranormal freaky stuff but actual aliens but when they come it's going to be obvious it's not going to be this deceptive kind of game fuss it's going to be like christopher columbus they're going to come here and they're going to conquer it's not going to be this they're gonna, if they want they want to take that mountain they'll take the mountain okay <laughs> they're not going to talk to our president or anything like that they're just going to do war because to do war is the most civilized thing you could do ironically I mean, it's rational. Because of our rational nature, we say war makes sense. And that's like, it seems to the average person, it's like, oh, that's not normal. But look at history. Okay, to this very day, Russia's doing war for very rational reasons. But, you know, but that's not just um, Russia, but going back ancient times to Native Americans, the Mississippians, uh, Confederation of Tribes, they could have been a united empire like the Mayans, but they kept warring with each other. So they were fractured. Um, and they weren't able to fully unify. Um, but that goes back to the primal source of, you know, just territorial gains. But the same principle would apply to alien civilizations, too. They have to consume. And I do agree with, like, Michio Kaku on that. And even Neil deGrasse Tyson um, and Stephen Hawkins, they basically saying, you know, it doesn't matter really how powerful they are. Um, if the more power that they have, the more materialism they need to consume. To gain their power, they're just going to keep growing and growing and growing, if they survive. But, but so I think, I think there will be aliens coming here, but we might be long dead by the time they get here. It could be two million years in the future, or maybe they came here in the past, but it was ten million years in the past, or maybe there was an alien civilization on Venus. Are you into the ancient aliens, Peter? no, not really. <laughs> I used to, but not really. Not when it comes to the UFOs. The current phenomenon we're facing, no, I don't think so. But the idea that was there a civilization on Venus, I am 
definitely starting to believe there was um, because they found signature of granite. They found a signature of possible phosphine. And they think that there's a, there's a hypothesis that Mercury could have been its moon. It went out of orbit. The sun expands and then it got too hot, basically. But a billion years ago, Venus would have been very similar to Earth. They hypothesized. So what's the probability that it could turn into Earth? I think it's quite high. But then, you know, after a billion years, they die off. Then Earth sticks. We live for, you know, a couple, maybe a million years as, or as a full civilization or less. And then we die off and then it moves on to Mars until the sun expands to a point where it just explodes or whatever. And then that happens over and over on many, many planets. But the problem is there's it's time and space. That's the limitation. Have you checked into the Tycho's model at all? Uh, elaborate on that. I forgot about the Tycho's model. I've heard of that. The one that puts the earth at the center. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I really don't believe that. I've seen your, that video. <laughs> I got to about thirty minutes. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> it's interesting, but I, I, uh, I like us to be the center of the world. But you know, <laughs> well, it's not about that though. So. It's not. It's not really about the Earth being the center because the Earth is. It's not special that the Earth's in the center. The Earth just ends up in the center. The Moon is more of the drive shaft, and it's going around a berry center, like the actual. The actual center is not exactly the Earth. It's just that if the sun is, is a bi- yeah. it's just a binary system, and with the sun and Mars and Venus and Mercury are moons of the sun. If the Earth's yeah, at the center, I it's kind of special. I don't think so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of evidence going against that. Uh, yeah, I'm. Not, I'll watch it again. Uh, I didn't see the whole thing, so but nah, that's not my field. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. Because, I mean, with a lot of planet. there's a lot of, you know, planets close by. I mean, they keep finding more and more and more. I mean, the ET hypothesis in some ways to me is like the Occam's razor, you know? It just, it's bound to happen. They keep finding more and more and more planets. Like, I don't really like the Fermi paradox. I think it's, it's miscalculated. But a lot of those planets are, what they're saying are very, they're not detecting any, like, oxygen. They're detecting, like sulfur and you know high concentrations of methane yeah, it's just, very I mean, hellish well yeah yeah that's I what mean, they're I, detecting in yeah, in I'm about eight pretty, there's about humanoids. 12 of them there's potential but that's 12 out of what five thousand they've cataloged if you believe so that yeah well <laughs> you gotta you gotta have a little faith of anything oh buddy your faith is better placed than god than it is in fucking nasa <laughs> Well, okay, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I I am a little skeptical when it comes to you know definitely the deep state, like like specifically the NSA, CIA, and you know those guys, FBI, because they're all about power. I mean, NASA has a mission. Their mission is you know just get to space, but uh, the CIA is all definitely about manipulation of people's knowledge and perception. That's why they call it the Central Intelligence Agency. They want to be the central control. Um, and I understand why we have institutions like that. You have to have some order or else people will just believe in anything, you know, flat earth or whatever. Uh, there's got to be some order. Um, but at the same time, I, I understand the deep state will abuse it. But, you know, sometimes you got to give the Caesar what a Caesar's, even if you hate it. <laughs> Darren, do you got any questions at all or comment? Well, I was going to ask Peter what he thought about, like, well, because, I mean, if you have to have faith in NASA, 
which you know i i have trouble I don't have with, that much faith but yeah because i mean <laughs> it is a bunch of nazis at the end of the day that were running that place for a little while and but they're like, good nazis now apparently apparently we're the good nazis but um and then there's all the weird stuff with the moon right like so you either gotta believe that there's something crazy going on with the moon or maybe those nazi nasa scientists are just a bunch of crazy occultists and they made up a bunch of numbers about the moon Hmm. or the moon size in relation to earth in relation to the sun is some crazy coincidence. And then all of a sudden earth being at the middle of that thing doesn't start to seem so crazy. Cause it's like those little things, right? Like the moon is 27.3% the size of the earth. And it takes 27.3 days to do a full rotation, which is actually a full orbit around the earth. The moon or the earth is 366% the size of the moon. It takes 366 days to do a full rotation around the sun. And you know, they get the, eclipse the size of the you know the the moon and the sun appear in the same size in the sky even though one's 400 times the size of the other but the other's 400 times closer so they just happen to be the same and then there's the fact that like all the density of the moons is is on the earth side which is why it's tidally locked with us and all the biggest impact craters seem to be on that side that we can see all the time which would you know, kind of point to whatever smashed the shit out of the moon came by the earth first. And then there's the fact that all those craters on the moon, none of them go past a certain depth. I mean, there's a bunch of scientists that were commenting on how it's weird how none of those impact craters go would go past a certain depth. And then your buddies at NASA, you know, they had to correct the orbit of their orbiter to make up for the density differences. And they fucking mm-hmm. crashed some shit into it and they said it rang like a bell. Mm. And the dark side. I don't know. And the remote. I have to look into that more deeply. Well, yeah, and then there's yeah, exactly right. And when when Artemis ever gets its ass off, you know, this planet, we'll maybe we'll find out. But that that thing has been so damn delayed and wasted money. I think Artemis. Elon. Hopefully, Elon gets us there first. But what was that, Darren? It's hard to hear you when you talk at the same time. I can't. I don't know what I said. You said what's Artemis? I said what's Artemis. Oh, you know, the NASA's little rocket dick they're trying to get up. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to launch it in oh, November right. 14. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. keeps getting damn delayed. And I think that's well, it'll because be, you know what? Boeing. It'll be launched on some crazy numerical, like celestial significant day. Yeah. Yeah, all these cancellations, and then it'll be on some crazy day. Like, I think Boeing's just trying to rip off of our tax money there. Like, oh, we could delay a little more. Let's get some more money. I don't know. I feel like they've been prolonging this for a long time. Oh, we're trying to be very careful. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be on. There's like, a lot of money involved. It'll be on like twelve oh two 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 twenty twenty two or some crazy. I think they're launching November fourteenth. Yeah, but it'll delay again until they until oh, yeah, they find probably. the right numeric the numerical the power and well, maybe yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Like the queen. What? I mean, I think she was dead for a while and they just bring it out when, uh, you know, when, <laughs> when Chucky can get crowned on a full moon and, uh, on nine 11 anniversary and all these numbers line up. I mean, it's just can't be a coincidence. Wait, it happened on nine 11. Did you know, um, anniversary. You... Yeah. Huh. That's when the queen. I don't died. care about the queen too much, but no, his first day, I think his first day. 
You don't I don't know why England still has a queen. It's just it's shit. They don't have any real power. Okay, the real power is in their deep state. <laughs> They're just yeah. a, manipulated. But uh, what's interesting about the space force? Did you notice that there's an uh, Egyptian symbol used in their space force? One of their space force logos for the U.S. Uh, I see the one that people are flipping upside down and showing it as Baphomet or something, which I don't really. No, no, it's an Egyptian pharaoh-looking face. Oh, Looks like wow. a pharaoh. Or Sphinx. No, no, Pharaoh's head. And it's pointing up to the sky to the star Sirius, Sirius I think. Wow. That's, so that's cool. kind of interesting. So dog star. I do I do definitely think there's definitely people in the you know in the military who know about these symbolisms. Or maybe maybe they're watching your shows. <laughs> <laughs> Not ours, but <laughs> well, we had a guy from the Space Force on and he had his own UFO sighting. Really cool sighting. Huh. And he was the now one you that- said you saw one in Israel, right? Yeah. Can you explain that one? Yeah. That was the polygonal shaped. Oh, okay. It was split and yeah. Was that in daytime? Uh, no, no, it was nighttime. Was night- okay. It was that about a three quarter moon, and the and it was um, it was about at arm's length, like this. I got an icosahedron in my hand right now, so it was kind of like yeah. that size at arm's length, and it was split in half, and the halves were rotating against themselves, and the whole thing was slowly rotating on its axis. And I came up to a rooftop on in Tel Aviv in a hostel and my friends were seeing it. They were flipping out and they were screaming, screaming at the sky. Look what we saw. So I ran over and I said to them, what I was pissed off because I'm like, I missed it. What did did you guys see? And they said, we saw this UFO and it did this nine degree turn. And I was so pissed. I look up and I'm like, please come back. Please come back. I want to see you too. I want to see you too. And then I spotted it and I'm like, is that it? And they're like, yeah, that's the same thing. And it just went silently straight across the sky. And if I responded to you in airspace, well, yeah, that's the weird thing, right? Is like- I had another case um, when I was down at Lackhorn Air Force Base. Um, I was also had that kind of mentality where at the time I was probably watching a whole bunch of UFO videos for some reason um, when I had more free time. <laughs> and then we had to go back to the parade grounds and uh, retire the flag. So I was going there at the time. I was walking back and thinking, oh, you know. Look it up, this guy. Is there UFOs out there? You know, send me a little sign. And the whole time I was thinking that. And then when I was in formation, I was still thinking it. I was like, yeah, because the sky was clear. Venus, I could see Venus and everything was clear. And then all of a sudden, three white orbs just spontaneously turned on and off the side. While we were in formation, I was not allowed to move my head, but I could definitely turn my eyeballs and say, oh my God, there's something there. After I was stuck in formation. So it's like the phenomenon knew I was going to be in formation. So it chose to manifest right at that time just to kind of play with me. And then a few other, three others I know said they, they saw it too. And they were wondering what it was. Um, they were in formation too. And then after we were um, given the okay to break out of formation, uh, about maybe three seconds later, that's when they both simultaneously shut off. Wow. Now I'm like, are you kidding me? So when I, when I saw that, I knew those three orbs were responding to me because the whole day, for some reason, I was researching on UAPs because someone was telling me about it on Lackland Air Force Base about what their experience was. And then I started watching videos. At that night, I was just kept thinking it because the sky was clear. I asked, send me a sign, send me a sign, kind of mentally in my head. I wasn't using a flashlight or signaling or anything like that. I was just walking back to my barracks and, you know, like, you know, send me a sign. And <laughs> right when I was going to go to retire the flag for everybody, that's when this thing decides to manifest when I when I'm in formation and after we broke out of formation a few seconds later it's shut, it spontaneously shut off the three lights. Like, trickster. Oh my god. Trickster. Trickster issue. Yeah. So these so things did you will report respond. that? 
Uh, that case, I did not report to move on. I probably should have, but it was no, short. No, to, to your air force. To your to your air force. No, I asked people around. Did anybody else see that? Like, yeah, yeah, we saw that. They just assumed it was drones. Like we were just flying a little drone show. I'm like, uh, it wasn't moving. It was just three white lights separated like a triangle. And they just spontaneously turned on in formation. And when I got out, turned off. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't seem like the behavior of a normal human drones, which normally have multiple colors or they blink or they make a little noise. You can kind of tell. This seems so random to have someone flying three drones right over the Air Force Base. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a training center, but yeah. So that, that was one case I had a UAP. Another case was um, actually uh, right after coming out of church, there was another time when my head was kind of thinking it the whole time, you know, send me a sign kind of thing. I was looking in the sky when we were driving back from church. And then I did notice when we were watching, when we walked out of church, there was a kind of a tic-tac shape UFO. It was white. I thought it was like a plane. Sometimes you see planes that have no contrails due to the time of day, and you don't see the vapor, and it's kind of like they're shinier. So that's what I assumed. But then it noticed it just kind of slowly moved, and then I was kind of looking for it while we we got in the car and we drove back about five miles back to our place, and I started noticing in the car when we were driving. I'm like, that's the same object. It looked like it was following us. Um, So I'm like, yeah, and I noticed it looked like it was kind of just drifting and falling with us. Um, and then when we got back, uh, I went out to my parents' field, and I saw it again. It was a white tic-tac kind of shape. It was pretty high up, so it kind of looks like a plane a little bit, but it, it was definitely white. Um, and then it uh, just slowly drifted away. It, kind of wa- it had a little bit of a wobble to it, so that's where I'm thinking, I don't think that's a plane because it had a slight wobble. Um and then it drifted past the treetops and went away. I'm like, okay, so that was another case. But so that's kind of what started to build up. So there's 2008, there was that case, and then Air Force, and then um, by 2000, uh, oh, no, the Air Force one was later. And then the, the Red Orb one was like in 2015. That was the big one. Well, so not big, but close. Where do you see this thing going in the near future then, with uh, especially from a sort of a religious uh, angle about this? I think if if the Pentagon starts to release more video evidence that's a little bit more clear with photo, I think photo evidence will be their next thing, which they like already you, start to do. Because, like you said in your video, they stopped it at the they wouldn't uh, yeah, slow they, it down at the right time, right? They kind of left the important part out of the. They were session. trying to kill time intentionally. Yeah, that was kind of sneaky of them. <laughs> um, yeah, when you're when you're an agent like that in, in the military or an intelligence agency, you think about stuff like that. Think like you know, how can we kill some time? Well, let's just act stupid and like you know, don't screenshot it or anything. And like, oh, we can't. Oh, we can't get the timestamp right. Bullshit. <laughs> You're telling me you're the uh, you can't do that. You're the freaking government. Oh my god! So it's like it's almost like they're making fun. Like oh, people think the government's incompetent. Well, okay, let's play the incompetent card. No, they played that. <laughs> um, I think the next step with a uh, next stage with is they're going to reveal some more evidence. I think to the Stars Academy might be releasing some information. Um, we'll see if um, Luis Alessandro states anything about that or um, oh, what's that guy's name? The singer. Um, Tom, Tom, I don't uh, think the Vatican's going to come out with any statement until they get more confirmation from the U.S. government. Now, it does seem like the CIA is now talking with the Vatican because Luis Alessandro said he had the privilege to go there and they're researching some classified ancient documents. 
interesting that ancient documents would be considered classified. Um, so that, I found that kind of interesting that he stated that. Um, he wouldn't state who he met, didn't say he met the Pope, but he might have met someone. Probably on, he probably met some people on the Council on the Supernatural within the Vatican. It's a small group of people in the Vatican who are specialized in exorcisms and researching paranormal stuff and cases of apparitions. And they try to verify stuff um, based on any claims that pop up. Like, for example, Fatima, Portugal, when they had the apparition there, there was a council that uh, was researching that case. Um, So, yeah, they're probably the X-Files of the Vatican. I think they have a little group that does that. I don't think they go all over the world, but uh, they're probably just staring at their computers, researching and, you know, archiving things and trying to figure it out um, and contacting certain people. Um, But, yeah, I think they probably are colluding with the CIA to figure out what the next step is. And the, I don't, the Vatican's not going to come out. The Pope's not going to say, angels are real, because obviously you're the Vatican. They believe that already, so that's not going to help. <laughs> but um, they're going to probably slowly reveal it, and I think it's going to be a 50-year process. It's going to be over time, because they could wait. They could reveal evidence now within four years, like they're sort of doing, and then not reveal anything for another four years, and then people forget about it. But that's, then, assuming then, that the, that's assuming that the phenomena doesn't take if the phenomenon doesn't do anything yes so they're kind they might be waiting to see if the phenomenon is going to do anything interesting like they did over the dome of the rock that probably spooked them um there's been a few other cases like skinwalker ranch that spooked them um so they're keeping an eye on these cases because the phenomenon is intentionally producing these mysteries to get our attention and test us psychologically and spiritually i guess Hmm. but we'll we'll wait and see but i think it's a long-term process there you have it. Right on. <laughs> Where can our listeners find your stuff? Uh, am I not uh, Just at uh, my YouTube channel, Enigma Seeker. And I research things like Atlantis and Garden of Eden and UAPs. What, do you, what are you going to research next? I might be taking a little break from my channel and looking into maybe writing a book. So I'm going to do some research about that. And the book would probably be focused on Atlantis, the hypothesis uh, that it being literally Egypt. Um, oh, I forgot to mention my last video, like the whole idea of the pillars of Hercules. Those are probably the obelisks in Egypt. <laughs> we'll we'll see if I can figure that out. But, <laughs> but yeah. Right on. Yeah, Thanks, come dude. on and talk some more about Egypt sometime. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I had a little, I had a little synchronicity after our show when I, when I was telling somebody that uh, I, I thought that the Serapium might be Atlantis. Like, or there's some connection with the Serapium to Atlantis. And then I went up further on in my hike, like literally five minutes later, and some lady says, "Yeah, I, I think the Serapium is Atlantis." I'm like, "What? I've never heard anybody say that before." <laughs> I think that it's part of it. I think. I think and all I know, of Egypt is five minutes Atlantis. after. Yeah, five minutes after that. Oh, yeah, here's I one thing. When you guys are you guys going into the pyramid, Great pyramid? Yes. Yeah, Darren. Dar- yeah. Okay, I want you to think about this when you go in there. I think there is a chance that these pyramids were used as throne rooms, a okay. very creepy throne room. Okay. To, not the normal throne rooms in the temple complexes, but something very special where elites would come secretly gather into that chamber if you look at that there's a cutout notch in the great pyramid in the king's chamber i think in the queen's as well and that i think is where the pharaoh would have sat and it and, and he, uh emissaries would come into the chambers now people say oh how can they get in those it's a shaft well you take a sled 
they would either crank them down through a sled system and force them to go on their knees and lift themselves up to face the pharaoh. A pretty intimidating tactic, but I think there's a chance that they were not just tombs. Yeah, they were actually like a building. Okay, I'll think about that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'll yeah. check it out. Sure. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was a great chat. Yeah, thanks for giving us a little update and a link yeah, to your keep, channel and the show notes and stuff. And keep in touch. Yeah, I keep checking out your videos. I listen to them at work a lot, so right on. It's fun. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, Peter. All right, see ya. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. And that was our chat with Peter, the Enigma Seeker. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, I I kind of wish there was more, uh, you know, the more significance to the black cube in the circle, but. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe next time. Yeah, thanks to Mike from Vancouver for some questions. COVID we always Mike, send each other. We always get... send each other uh, YouTube uh, UFO videos and stuff. So there's all. I don't know, dude. I think there's a lot out there right now. Did he ever get COVID? Um, I think he got it for. Uh, I think he does, He doesn't know. He tested positive, but he was never sick and. Imagine that. So he doesn't yeah. know it's an unknown. Dun, dun, da, da. Well, thanks, Mike. We appreciate the question. Big thanks to Peter for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of the few who choose to support our great work over here at Gramerica. Gramerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly. Make a one-time donation. You can use Stripe if you hate PayPal. You can use Patreon. A bunch of different ways to support the show. And we need your support now more than ever. It's never been more important than ever to support uh, the podcast. America.ca slash support. Sign up today. We'd love you guys. AmericaOutlaw.ca is our other podcast. AdultBrain.ca for the audiobooks. America.ca slash chats for the chats. The Discord's back on. It's all rocking. And uh, contact at thecabin.com for the tours. we got that fantastic tour coming up in California in the middle of February. Other than that, we'd love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Take a look at the big old smile on my face. Kicking around down by the pool of narcissists. The people are many, they preen themselves. Oh, how they navel gaze. Somewhere over that hill, the gloomy skies cease to exist. I'm climbing that hill, I pass by and pity the poor Sisyphus. I go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light. I'm strolling down a static electric avenue. The people are predictable, they say, good morning, how do you do? When out of nowhere, a randomly pure angel in the crosswalk bumps into me. And in doing so, knocks all the evil and all the wind out of me. And it's black as tar, ugly as ever, and of no apology. This angelic mama sings heavenly of the truest theology. Together we're a seraphim dream, forever young with no chronology. A thousand years from now, we'll be written into ancient mythology. We go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light. Can you tell me about the view up there? It's sparkling remarkably, the air is crystal clear. 
Well, please won't you tell me what it takes to transcend this place? A little bit of heart and a whole lot of soul. Take a look at the big old smile on my face. As my angel says, dance with me and your life will never, ever, ever be told. I go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light. 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 Turn into a beam of light.